We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome, everybody, to Socket. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody tonight on this October 27th, Tuesday of the horrible year that has been 2020? Welcome everybody to tonight's show. I appreciate everyone for being here. <sighs> Only uh, we're exactly one week away from what could potentially be Armageddon. So, you know, who the fuck knows there and we're... You know, less than, you know, five days away from uh, November 1st, the year's almost over, you know, slowly but surely getting to the point where, you know, things are just going to be hopefully better every day closer to the new year. So hopefully, you know, a, a step closer to, you know, resolving issues, possibly, potentially, I don't fucking know, but whatever, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but again, thank you guys very much for being here. As always, I appreciate your support and tell your friends, tell your family. We're so close to a million for September and I really want to make it, please make it happen. But anyway, enough for me begging for downloads. Because <laughs> today I got another band with me or at least half of the band with me. They hail from uh, Massachusetts. They are a folk pop, you know, duo. And one of them describes their newest album as a kind of a soccer mom album. But we'll let him describe that for you in his own words. And we'll kind of go more in depth and uh, find out more about them and who he is and everything else like that. So without any further ado, please welcome from the band Safe Hands, Mr. Mikey Adams. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? I am I'm currently at a rest stop in Harvard, Massachusetts. I was on my way to work and I I was like, you know what? Come have a cigarette, have an energy drink, talk to you for a while. Let's and see. here we are. That's 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 the best way to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. The world keeps moving. The world keeps moving. Sometimes in a really bad direction, but hell, it, you know, it's moving at least. <laughs> I, I, as long as, I mean, we, it can't remain this sucky for, for much longer. What, what a anomaly of a year. I'm ready to move on. Um, as, you know, as the stereotypical Bostoner would say, it's been a wicked pissa. Of a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, wicked pissa means good. So it's does it? Oh, it means yeah. I've always thought it was a bad thing. See, oh, no, I, I no. need to spend more time in up in New England. <laughs> <laughs> you got a place to stay with me, bud. Oh, 
gnarly because you know oh, yeah. no no if, if something's pissa you're like oh that was pissa wicked pissa oh that see means, that means awesome i've been using it wrong for 30 some years <laughs> <laughs> damn it you know i, I need to be more hey, cultured you know I, yeah, you I like drink, learning process, you know, right? I, I drink your beer all the time, but, you know, I need to be more, you know, adept to your, uh, you know, your vocabulary, apparently. Sam Adams? Oh, man. I just finished off a 24-pack of uh, Oktoberfest, and I, I'm happy as hell. <laughs> I was actually, I was in a Sam Adams commercial. Were you? Yeah, the, the Christmas, uh, the Winnelaga commercial, like, two years ago. Oh, nice. That was actually, that's actually. So stereotypically, so stereotypically <laughs> Boston. But, uh, so our, our guitar player um, at the time, he was from Australia. So he was visiting. I don't know if we were practicing for tour or whatever, but we were like, as we did with everybody, all right, let's take him on the Sam Adams. Um, and when we were leaving, they were like, you guys driving? They were like, no, we took the key. And they brought us in a room, and there was, like, cameras and actors and shit. They, they ended up keeping us there for three hours shooting. They put us in, like, funny Christmas sweaters. We, we polished off two cases of beer. It was, like, the best day ever. Yeah. I mean, winter lager's not a bad beer. Um, cold snap oh, sucks. Man. Especially after, like, eight of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cold snap sucks, but, um, but winter lager's good. Uh, I mean... Luckily, where I live, I live in uh, Central Mass at the moment, and uh -huh. there's a brewery in our town that's like the number one rated brewery in the country. It's called Treehouse, and it's it's more like the real juicy New England style IPAs than the more traditional Sam Adams style. Uh, it's just whatever your preference is. I could drink anything, but yeah, I'm an IPA kick right now. Yeah, I'm an IPA guy as well, and. Where I live at in Northern Virginia, I mean, it's fucking beer country, wine country like crazy here. I mean, there's a brewery on oh, every yeah. corner. Um, and uh, one of our most popular local brews um, is a company called Devil's Backbone. Okay. And Devil's Backbone, man, they make some killer IPAs. And there's just, I mean, there's so much good beer in this area. I mean, I don't have man. to, I don't, the only. Exactly. I mean, the only national brand that I do drink is Sam Adams, just because, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Oktoberfest I mean, and, you know, all the other summer brews that they come out with, fantastic. But other than that, it's local, I man, for those, me. I, oh, yeah, you got to go local. But, I mean, I still pick up those uh, the seasonal mixed 12-pack Sam puts out. Oh, yeah. Like four different beers, but, but every year there's a new beer they make for that 12-pack. Yeah, there was a, what was it, two years ago, three years ago, there was one called Fresh as Hells, and that was a fucking oh, yep, yep. amazing. That was a nice orange oh, lager or ale. Ooh, whew. That was so good, man. Can't go wrong man, with Sam Adams. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I'm done with, you know, I'm going to go grab, crack me one and go cook some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the benefit of uh, of doing nothing but this. You know, the the downside of it is, you know, yeah. the the money sucks. But sometimes, you know, it's you know, it's uh, I I don't have to worry about going to work anymore. So, <laughs> I think working from home would just would be bad news for me. I mean, this, this uh, 
quarantine's bad enough as it is. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, my wife is a teacher, and she just had to go back, um, actually, this week, today, actually, um, to do hybrid learning oh, with man, the kids. Man. So, and the way they Northern... more more well compensated for what they do. Oh, and absolutely. Respect and admiration for teachers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, in where we're doing it, uh, you know, in Northern Virginia, they're doing it like a, um, a weird split to where only K through second grade is going back to school. Um, okay. So everyone above third grade is staying at home. Well, um, you know, my daughter is 10 years old and she's in fifth grade, so I got to stay home with her and make sure she's doing her shit. So well, I spent ha- at least that's, that's a good, I mean, that you can work from home and obviously. Yeah, it's a huge benefit. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge benefit. It's something I, you know, never done before because I spent um, 20 years in retail plus doing entertainment between, you know, music and, you know, stand-up comedy and stuff like that. So I've, you know, spent very little time at home and, you know, I just left the retail business earlier this year uh, just as the pandemic hit and dedicated my whole life to nothing but entertainment. So I've been kind of blessed in that way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice, but at the same time, I I miss going out and doing something every day, but at the same time, I enjoy just being at home working for myself. Right. Right. Working for yourself is the, you know, I, it's not like I have a, I have a problem with authority or anything. I just hate like being forced to be, you know, in an, in a place with people that you would never usually, you know communicate with and and i just i i think i just don't do well in those situations like if i'm working for myself or like like i'm working right now for a buddy who's doing we're we're doing a lot of like the um the live stream stuff like putting together live streams with merchandise and and you know records and pre-orders and all that stuff and it's cool i could do this all day but like when i when i was doing you know, I, obviously, as a musician, I, I worked a lot of food industry, like I was serving and then I was bartending. It's like put on a happy face, you know, 12 hours a day with people that are condescending to you the whole time. It's like, God, this sucks. Yep. I know that feeling all too well, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, as a stand up comedian, it gave me a lot of material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, got plenty, I got plenty of material, too. I just uh, I release it all via Twitter when I've been drinking. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Um, gain a following and then throw some music at him. They're like, oh, this guy's pretty funny, so might as well buy his music too. <laughs> uh, no, it's more like I'll, I'll say something like, you know, why are oranges called oranges but grapes aren't called purple? And I'll get <laughs> my two likes and then I'll, I'll post something like, oh, by the way, Here's my life's work. My band's putting out a record. Crickets. <laughs> I'm like, oh, should I just talk about how sad I am instead? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that sucks about social media. Like, I'll post, you know, like a picture of a nature photo or just a stupid meme on my Instagram, and it'll get hundreds of likes. But I post about the show and crickets. But then at the same time... They're not clicking the like button, but they're still clicking the link to go listen because I'm getting, you know, 40 or 50,000 downloads per episode, but they're not clicking that heart button, though. It's like, come on. So, like, you can only click one or the other. You're only going to click heart Show or a link. Like, 
like Har- make me feel like I'm doing something with my life. Like, like they can't be bothered to click two things. They can only click one. It's either they're going to get a like or we're going to click the link. It's one or the I'd other. Click the link, then the heart. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. I'll, I'll post like a picture of me drinking a beer with a caption, I'm a giant piece of shit. And I'll get like, you know, hundreds of likes. And then I'll be like, hey, I wrote this song about this girl I was in love with once. With once and, and then I get my mom saying, that's nice, honey. <laughs> um, and, and to my listeners, please con- continue to l- click the link. I'm not doubting you for, you know, but don't, yeah, c- don't just like it. No, do both. Do both. But but definitely continue to. If you're gonna do one or the other, just I, I click continue to click the link and listen, please. Um, <laughs> if you don't listen, then I don't get streams and I don't get money <laughs> so you know hey whatever you gotta get the man paid people come on exactly you gotta get everybody paid you know musicians too yeah. that's the whole idea behind the show is talking about you guys so yeah. so um let's go ahead and get into the music for a second there because um as we were talking about before you know i hit the record button you were in a band previous to uh to safe hands uh for the last 20 years or so um yeah. what what happened with that yeah. and you know what was that all about all right, so I was in a band called A Lost for Words. Um, in 2003, I joined. And then um, we ended up splitting up amicably in 2015. You know, we were all getting older and didn't want to be on the road 10 months a year. And time to move on, I guess. Stop beating a dead horse. But, um, yeah, so that's, that, that's what I did for a living my entire adult life from high school till I was, you know, in my 30s. You know, we, I call, I call, I say we, we made it to the minor leagues, but never got called up to the bigs. We, <laughs> we, um, we signed a record deal. We were on Rise Records and they were awesome for us. And, you know, we did, you know, we played in like 30 plus countries and that's the only thing I ever knew. And it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. So when we decided to hang it up, I, you know, it's not like I stopped creating music. I just needed a new outlet for it. And that's where uh, Safe Hands came in. So, in 2015, when you guys broke up, um, or hung it up, I don't want to say broke up, let's say hung it up, um, you know, what goes through your mind at that point? I mean, as somebody that, like you said, you've only done that your entire adult life, and now yep. to wake up that next morning and say, okay, we just amicably agreed to not be in a band anymore, we, we don't have jobs anymore, what goes through your head? What the hell am I going to do <laughs> with my life? Like, uh, you know, my um, experience is pretty much limited to that. I mean, you can always go back to school. It's just not something I'm, I've made the jump to yet. But you're basically starting from scratch. It's, it was a scary thing. And, you know, it's been a big adjustment period. And um, it's... I think everybody else was ready to move on from the industry. I'm my singer actually is a is an artist manager in L.A. and he works with some bigger bigger artists. Uh, he's doing really well, but I'm I'm the only one still writing music. I'm just a stubborn man. I'm like I don't want to do anything else. You know, I mean, and that's just the thing. I mean, when it's in your blood like that, and that's the only thing you've done. I mean, can you be expected to do anything else? I mean, it's not like you, you know, just hang it up one day and say, all right, I'm done playing the guitar. I'm done singing. I'm done writing music. 
All right, now I'm going to go work in an office. Some people do it, you know, and some people, you know, that's just their life plan. But at the same time, the right, select right. few, the select few that, you know, okay, fine. We're, you know, this was different. It was fun. All right, now I'll try something new. You know, that's just, you know, the way it goes sometimes. I mean, look at, um, you know, all the different bands that have just created something different after, you know, a long tenured band, you know, just to, because again, it's, it's their lifeblood. I mean, they, they can't picture themselves not, you know, creating music, not being up on stage and not feeling that adrenaline rush or, and they can't not picture, you know, hundreds or thousands of fans singing back their songs to them while they're live up on stage. It's, it's a feeling that is unreplicated. Yeah. You know, Nothing you can have, like you can have the greatest orgasm in the world, but nothing compares to walking up on stage and seeing somebody sing a song back to you, you know, and have those feelings of right. just, you know, that, uh, that endorphin rush. It's, it's unparalleled. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, we went to some strange places. Like we played a, sh a show in Moscow at, at two in the morning to like a thousand people. And all these kids who don't even speak English are singing the words to the songs you wrote. It's just like the, like you said, it's almost an in inexplicable feeling. It, I, and it's, it's like, um, I never want to, you know, not have that opportunity. I don't want to, I just don't, I just don't see myself doing anything else than, than traveling and playing. And, and if people like it, that's awesome. I'm doing this pretty much as much for me as I am for other people, you know? Like I have so much to say and 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 I just hope people can relate and and I'm just I don't think I'll ever do anything else. I mean obviously I gotta work. There was a there was a band that we that I saw play. They were from I think Massachusetts, but they moved to Europe and they're a band called Jaya the Cat and I bought their cassette tape. Tells you how old I am. And the name the name of the uh, the song was Shit Jobs for Rock, and I've never related to a song title more in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever it was, um, you know, the band Coheed and Cambria released the album um, Unheavenly Creatures. And in that album, there was a song called Pavilion, The Long Way Home. And it tells the story of Claudio, um, the lead singer, how he was thinking about potentially leaving the band and giving it all up. Um, and it was one of those songs that he was thinking about not including in the album because it wasn't, he wasn't sure if it flowed with the, uh, their normal, you know, their normal, uh, concept story. albums that they, yeah the storytelling yeah. that they did however he found a way to include it because it was that powerful of a song he found a way to include it and there's a lyric in there which kind of describes kind of what you just said and i want to go ahead and read it now so my so the listeners can understand where i'm coming from with this mm -hmm. um it says the glistening wet concrete the heat of the road the clamoring hands and the bus you call home this is it this is what you believe um in this space i don't fit the same day repeats with the things that you see, dirty dressing room carpets and broken TVs. Is this it? In this water I'll tread till the day that I'm dead. You know, it's that wow. that constant Man. repeat. Yeah, that constant repeat of, you know, like you said, I mean, being on the road 10 months out of the year, 15 years, you know, 
it, it's um it can be grinding you know especially Very someone like so. like him now you know he has a son and you know all this other stuff but at the same time it was like you know it's his passion, it's his lifeblood. I mean, and it seems like that album, to be honest with you, reinvigorated his whole idea of music because, I mean, like, he's really, he released, um, a, you know, just a acoustic version of the most popular song on that album called The Gutter and a bunch of other stuff. And, and it's one of those things, again, just like you were talking about, the grind almost killed him and he almost oh, gave it all up. I mean, he was, even, he was even going to give up the comic book, too, and just say, I'm done, I'm going to be a family man. And out, man. Like, yeah, it's grueling. And you like you, you do like you lose your love for it when you're beating it to death. Like you said, 10, 10 months a year for 15 years and, you know, playing, playing a show to 40 people in friggin New Mexico in the winter. And like, like on a Tuesday and you're like, what am I doing? Like, this is brutal. But then, you know, you play. You play a show back home for a few thousand people, and you're like, what else would I do? Yeah, and I definitely get it. Um, I mean, look at somebody like like Metallica or you know Slipknot or Aerosmith or you know anyone that's been around for 20 plus years. You know, at that point, it's you know it's you know yeah, they're still a brotherhood, but most of the time they you know they're getting to the point where they can't stand each other and they're just there for the fans. Yeah. You know, you know, and Corey Taylor with his new album that just came out, um, his solo album, CMFT Can't Be Stopped, um, you know, he was saying, you know, sometimes when they're in the, you know, recording, you know, studio as Slipknot, you know, it's toxic, it's filthy, it's, you know, it's not good for mental health and mm -hmm. there's so many toxic people and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, fathom, you know, at the end of the day, that kind of stuff happening um, as a fan. But as somebody who's been there and done that, like I have, and obviously you have, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it only makes you go, okay, you know, they put up with this shit because A, they love it, and B, they love the fans. Um, at, at the end of the day, still, yeah. it's still a business, you know, but the business at some points is still thrown out and said, you know what, it's about the music. I hate you mm -hmm. to death, but you know yeah. what, we make good music together. It's, it's the balance of, <laughs> between it being you know a job on one side of the seesaw and your love for it on the other i think i think the reason why my first band um a lost words stopped is because it was too heavy on the job side and we were just like if you hate a jo hate a job that you have look for another one and i think that's what a lot of the guys decided to do yeah i mean because you know if they the people say if you love you know what you do you'll never work a day in your life but the moment, you know, playing guitar, playing the drums, singing, writing music becomes a job, you know, it's no longer about the music. It's just about making money. And that's not what this business is about. Yes, right. it's about, obviously it's about making money. But at the same time, no one gets into this business to make money. They get into this business to make, you know, music. We, right. We just loved playing shows south of Boston. And then we started, you know, playing shows in the city, swapping shows. Like, we would get a show for that band, Four Years Strong, on the South Shore, and they would have us play a show with them in Worcester. And, you know, we started doing that in Portland and in, in um, Jersey. And, and then, you know, th this was like 2003, 2004. And that's when we started touring. We didn't expect anything. We just wanted to have fun. So, you know, 
what led to you and Caitlin getting together and, um, you know, starting this? All right. So basically safe, safe hands was an idea in my head. I mean, before the band broke up, like for, I mostly listen to like, I, like I said before, it's like soccer mom music that I'm writing. I listen to like Sarah Bareilles, the civil wars, Ray LaMontagne, John Mayer, I just like easy listening, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but very well written songs. And I've had, you know, these ideas that I couldn't use for a loss for words. So once we uh, gracefully hung it up, I had, I think I had like three or four songs and I was like, these would sound really good as a duet. And then um, I was thinking, I was like, who can, who can I do this with? And then I thought of Caitlin, who I went to high school with, who had never done anything professionally, music or anything. But we were in the, the high school play together in high school. We were in um, Beauty and the Beast. I was Cogsworth the Clock and she was Belle. And I just remember her being like one of the best singers I ever heard. So I, I hit her up. I messaged her. I was like, do you want to come over and see if uh, you, you like these songs? You want to try and sing them together? And it just it it went so well i was like this is something special and so here we are um about to drop a full-length record um song i i believe it's the best stuff i've ever written um i think it's very accessible to everybody it's i think people who like my pop punk band are gonna be shocked like wow this is like you know pop indie country radio hybrid stuff but it's honest i i'm not trying to do anything if i was trying to do something i would you know do a you know a dance beat over it and and just make a one word hook and do it all over and over again this is just just honest i sad 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 songs and then very 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 positive happy love songs like the extremes of both ends, but I, I hope I iterated it in a way that people are like, yeah, this brings me back to exactly how I felt when I was, you know, either in love or in a breakup or how I feel now. So, you know, normally, you know, not during the a pandemic, um, you know, you would uh, start touring, really kind of pushing the album. And then, you know, during the middle of a, a tour, the album would drop and then you would complete the tour cycle and then start another tour cycle and yada, yada, yada. Right. And I've asked this, you know, of everyone that I've, I've had on the show, you know, however many bands I've had on the show, over 60, um, you know, that have released albums this year. You know, you can't do that right now. No. Um, so how are you guys punching people in the face and saying, hey, we're here listen to this because you're going to love it. You know, how are you promoting this? How are you getting out there? How are you showing that you're here above everybody else has been dropping music this year? So basically I'm working with a, you know, media company that's helping me get the word out there and, you know, I'm obviously sharing as much and I'm even cross sharing with, you know, with a lot of words, social media, just pretty much this record is something that I started recording two plus years ago. And now I just, I got it done and I'm ready to just release it into the world, close my eyes, take a deep breath and say, 
All right, you did it. It's out there. This has been a long time coming. Um, I dedicated the whole record to my father, who passed away a couple years ago. It's being released on his birthday. The album cover is a picture of him as a kid with all my aunts and uncles. Um, it's more like a in honor of him, an homage to him, because he was my number one supporter my entire career as a musician. So I'm just, dude, to be honest with you, I'm just so freaking relieved. I'm proud of what I put out there. I think everybody's going to like it, whether a thousand people hear it or a million people hear it. Uh, I'm just like, it's like the heaviest weight is off my back, you know, just happy to do it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, when you put years and years of effort into something, to finally see it come to fruition, regardless of what that is, whether it's, you know, a, a CD, a movie, um, a art project, you know, a building, whatever the case might be, you know, whatever job you do, you know, it becomes your baby. It becomes your wife, your husband, your daughter. I mean, it becomes everything and everything about you. Um, anything and everything about you. And, you know, to finally see it come to fruition and finally see it, you know, in front of people's faces and seeing their reaction again, regardless of the industry, it's a relief at the same time. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's again, a feeling that just can't be described. So I can only imagine what it's, you're feeling. Yeah, right it's now. like, um, it's, it's that feeling of like completion, like resolve almost is, is how I feel like, now I just like I can create more art, I can move on, but what I wanted to do for myself, I finally freaking did it, you know? It's uh and it was very very nerve-wracking for me I to put out a record I didn't write with four of my best friends and this is just, you know, me and a guitar and and my friends singing, but me singing too. I've never been in the forefront of it. And I don't care to be, but I I feel like I could have only translated what I wrote myself, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the album drops when? Um, November 16th. So from there, where do you guys go? Um, from there, <coughs> I've already got another better two thirds of an album written. Um, I want to keep, uh, probably get back into the studio and stuff. I just, I'm not savvy with like how the world is now that um, everybody's on lockdown. I mean, I, ideally we do maybe a couple um, live streams and stuff. If, uh, but for me, I, I'm just, until the world is normal, I'm, a, I'm in cre creation mode. I just want to pump out music and I've actually, funny enough, because uh, I'm releasing another record the week after the safe hands record with my band from high school since we've all been stuck in the house we're really we recorded a full-length record with other songs i wrote um that uh we haven't released any new music in 16 years and that'll be coming out like the week after jesus <laughs> dude i've been sitting on like 30 songs for the last year i'm like i gotta get these out of here before they go stale yeah um definitely well damn i mean you know you've uh You've definitely used the quarantine wisely. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when, you know, when, when we were, when 
COVID was new and everybody was deathly afraid of even going out to get a loaf of bread, like, we were like, okay, we don't know if we're going to die if we go outside. So we stayed home for like three weeks. I was just up in my man cave just writing music. Like, I was writing songs about COVID at one point. Like, uh, and I think I, it was good because I had, you know, I was home so long that I actually just, and I never just grab a guitar and say, okay, it's time to write a song. Usually, I don't pick up a guitar for two weeks, but then I think of a sentence in my head and then I go write a song in a half hour. Um, but this, I was just, I locked myself in the room and I wrote a, a shit ton of songs. That's awesome, man. It really, really, truly is. So, you know, let me be the first to say, if you guys decide to do a live stream, you are more than welcome to, uh, come on here and do that live stream here for 50,000 people. Um, guaranteed, guaranteed audience there because, you know, I've done that before, um, over the summer, when I was lift, listen, you know, missing live music. I mean, I went to ten different shows last year, and this year none, obviously. Yeah. And I was missing man. it. So weird. Yeah, I was missing it big time. So I went on the hunt, and I got national acts, local acts, and I put on a uh, summer concert series with three or four bands a week, just playing live music. Um, and it went off without a hitch. You know, twenty-five different bands came on. And it was phenomenal. That's um, was, amazing, man. It was one of the greatest things I ever did, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. So, you know, I'm all about doing it again if I need to <laughs> with some new bands. And, hey, uh, hey now, that we're, uh, now that we're linked up, I will absolutely come on and play some songs with, with Tate. Absolutely, man. It, it, would be, it would be an honor. It would be a privilege, um, especially, you know, right around the time the album comes out, just to give you guys a little bit more press, I'll be more than happy to do that because it, it would be so much fun. I mean, I, again, I'll just sit back, let y'all take the stream, and just, I'll just sit there and listen. Because, <laughs> um, again, that's, you know, that, it's, 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 uh, it's awesome. And I, I love doing that for you guys. I love doing that for anybody. Um, so one of the great things about this show is, you know, the fact that, um, I'm a hardcore metal guy. Um, I always have been. And, you know, with this show, I don't discriminate. You know, I don't say, oh, I only talk to rock guys. I only talk to metal guys. I only do this. Um, I don't discriminate. I've had country acts on here. I've had, you know, rap artists, pop artists, R&B, everybody. Um, and it's allowed me to really kind of, again, open my ears to stuff that I was missing. You know, yeah. the pop of the world, you know, the country of the world, stuff that I was like, you know, I'll never listen to that because I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. But then, you know, an artist comes on here and it's like, okay, you know what? I got to play their song because I got to do them, do them right. And I'll listen to their song and I'll be like, fuck, where's this been all my life? Okay, so, <laughs> so now it's like, okay, now I have this, you know, eclectic list of, you know, songs on my Amazon playlist. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, um, it's opened my eyes to stuff that I was denying for such a long time. Because I always wanted to be that rock guy. I always wanted to be against the grain and, you know, listen to Scream and listen to Death and listen to this and that. And it's like, you know what? Now it's like, okay, I'll listen to this happy country song. I have no problem with that. Right. Um, I, there was my, my, whole, my whole teenage years, you know, I was a skate punk. And, and if you listen to, you know, something that was too poppy, my friends would make fun of me, like, I would listen to Less Than Jake, and they would be like, oh, this has horns, it's stupid. Like, dude, I just like good music. It doesn't matter what it is. Hell, I mean, one of my favorite bands, actually a, a band out of, uh, out of um, Boston, uh, Ice Nine Kills, um, 
had less than Jake we on their last album. Shows with those guys. Did you really? Yeah. So they, yeah, they were a band called Ice Nine, and yep. we used to. They were, I think, they're a North Shore band, and um, we were a South Shore band. So we always played shows in the early two thousands with them. Yeah, that was back in their ska days. Oh yeah, they were they they yeah they were definitely a different style of music back then. And actually, yeah. the, um, we actually have been the what job I'm working at now. We just did some merchandising for them. They were um, custom Ice Nine Kills axes that they sold. Nice. I've been trying to get Spencer on the show for I can't even tell you how long. I like Spencer is my I mean maybe I maybe I can facilitate that for you. If you could facilitate that for you bro, for me bro, I would owe you everything. I mean, the thing about it is it's like, you know, since you know, everyone's at home, everyone's, you know, focusing on the creativity, they're getting inundated. And it's like, you know, I'm probably one of the most, you know, downloaded podcasters out there of the year. Um, but yet they're not going to look, look at my email because it's like, they're just getting inundated. So it's like, I can't get anyone, you know, to, you know, I'm having to literally reach out to like everybody to get everybody I want on here. So it sucks sometimes, but at the same time, it's pretty good. But you know, Spencer is my, is my, yeah. I would love to get Spencer on the show, man. I could talk to him for hours. Oh yeah. No, I'll talk to, I'll talk to the guy who runs the company. I'll try and link you guys up. Dude, that would be epic. Epic. Um, they are currently um, probably my top band right now of today. Like, awesome. I mean, I mean, my favorite band of all time is A7X, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, but, yep. but, you know, Spencer and the boys, um, they are slowly ticking away at that, at that A7X mark. Um, and, uh, you know, they really are. And the thing about it is like with them, you know, they've lived off of the silver screen for the last two years. Um, and you know, they're just now, right. you know, this Thursday, um, the 29th, they're putting out a, um, they're doing a live stream from a recorded show from last year. And they're putting out a, a 19 song, uh, live album, this week, you know, and it's like, you know, they're just, they're just killing it. They're killing it they across the board. They are grinding too. Yeah. I mean, you can go on, on uh, YouTube and see the countless reaction videos to their stuff. Um, you know, that, that crowd, you know, just absolutely, absolutely loves them. And, and, you know, Boston's come out with, you know, Boston has had some of the greatest bands out there, whether it be all that remains, whether it be, you know, you know, the, uh, Iceland kills, you know, you know, I, I've even heard of your, you know, your female, your, your previous band. Um, and I've listened to, a, you know, a couple of albums of you guys from them. So it's like, you know, Boston is like a, a just an all around good music town, you know? And yeah, we, when I say Boston, I mean, Massachusetts. In general is, yeah. 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 I mean, we, we've, uh, a lot of, a lot of good artists and it's just such a, been such a good scene, you know, for alternative type music that you know we've i think the support from everybody in new england has brought you know attention to bands and helped everybody get where they got you know <coughs> i mean yeah because when you think about it <coughs> excuse me when you think about it you've only got really two stains on the on the market of a of a massachusetts music and that would be marky mark and the funky bunch and you know new kids on, <laughs> and new kids on the block hey, hey. <laughs> 
can't make fun of Mark Wahlberg on a on a uh, podcast with me, man. I I, I got at least. I gotta I'm take a. I, they are they are royalty, and you know, to be honest with you, I mean, Mark Wahlberg is a badass, and I love that guy. He, I've, um, I met him once. Um, he's just a kind, kind soul. But, but good vibrations, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, they should be playing that at the Red Sox games instead of Sweet Caroline. See, that's see, that's one of my favorite karaoke and <laughs> um and piano bar songs, man. Sweet Caroline is the jam. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, Literally, one thing I miss, man, is even even yeah. I miss I miss sports, man. I like even though the Red Sox were the most embarrassing atrocity that's ever happened in baseball history. I just miss going to Fenway, man. It's my my sanctuary. As as they said in the town, it's the movie The Town. It's it's the Cathedral of Boston. You know, you say, you know, the Red Sox are, you know, that bad. But you know what? Only only the team that I root for for baseball, the, the Re- uh, you know, the Nationals, can uh, win the World Series and then not even make it into the playoffs the next year. <laughs> so, you know, oh, I, there's that, too. So, you know, at least you can take that to the bank on that one. <laughs> yeah. We, we, have a, we have a solid streak of um... – Winning the World Series and then being last place the next year. We've done that like four times. Yeah. I know that feeling all too well. I'm also an Indians fan, so you know that happens too. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. I'm originally from Ohio, so, you know, I got to take my, my good with the bad. You know, we got we got the Buckeyes, Where, which is – Are you from Are you from Cleveland? Um, right outside of Cleveland, um, a little city called Lorraine. It's right on Lake Erie. Okay, yeah. We, we love going through there and going to melt, man, getting some grilled cheeses. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we think the good with the bad in Ohio. We, we you know, we have our uh, – in Ohio, we have our Buckeyes, which is, like I said, the greatest, you know, football team of all time. Then we have the Indians and yep. the Bengals and the Browns, which are kind of stains. And then we have our, the Calves, which only were good when LeBron was there. <laughs> so, you know, you know yeah. we, we don't have much in Ohio. So, you know, I'll take my Ohio State any day of the week and, you know, enjoy watching them on my Saturdays and – then quietly root for everybody else and not admit it. <laughs> we used to we used to play some shows uh, right by the college. I remember being there like around a game day, and they had this this beer tower where like every hour closer to the game, it got cheaper for the bigger beer tower. It was probably like PBR or something, but I remember this this beer tower had a, a football helmet on the top. And it was like seven bucks, and it was probably like twenty gallons of friggin' beer. Needless to say, I ended up sleeping under the van in the rain that night. That was an interesting, interesting adventure in Ohio. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of musicians, hell, I'm sure a lot of just regular everyday people have that exact same story that live in Ohio as a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I love love my, my home state, but you know what? They're, they're not exactly the smartest on some occasions, you know? So, you know, I I take, again, take the good with the bad. (laughs) You know, hell man, I had a, I had a freaking blast. You know, um, I think, I think some of the guys are local to that area 
it was a pop punk band called City Lights. They were really good. Yeah, check um, them out if you, if you get a chance. Yeah, I mean Ohio's had some great you know bands as well. I mean like Beartooth is one of the biggest bands to come out of Ohio in a long time. So I mean you know we you know Ohio has you know some good bands too. Plus we have the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Beartooth many times. We... Oh really? So, uh, Oshie, who's from Beartooth, was the singer of that band City Lights. Oh really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, he's a good friend of uh, me and all the guys in A Lock of Words. We we grew up playing with the, with their band, um, City Lights, and now he's now some of those guys were in Beartooth. That's awesome, man. Uh, Beartooth is one of oh, my. Oh yeah, we again... played with them in like we played with them in the UK and fairly sure we played with them in Japan. It's like a, it's a it's all it's all an interconnecting community. Bunch it really of, uh, is. You know, yeah. I've said oh, yeah. this a thousand times. It doesn't matter the... No, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I say, I mean, it doesn't matter the styles. Like, we were a pop-punk band. You know, they're more of like a metal band. And we all know each other. We've known each other forever. And we end up playing festivals in Belgium with these people. And, and you know, we like a band that we played with, uh, a Canadian punk rock band called... Um, this is a standoff. We okay. uh, we ended up sharing a, a stage with them in Tokyo for a festival, and then uh, they were in a, a skate punk band called Belvedere that I grew up listening to, and then we ended up being in uh, Moscow the same time as them, and we met up with them in Russia and ended up drinking some vodka. It's just you always cross paths with people throughout the years, you know, touring and. And it's good to catch up with familiar faces when you're that far from home, too. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, you know, I love about the rock community as a whole, even though it's got five million subgenres, um, is that when you go to a festival, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's pop punk, you know, metalcore, emo core, this, that, or the other thing, you know, when you buy a ticket to those festivals and there are 25 bands over three days or however many, you know, things the right. the the crowd is always full you know you never see a portion of the day that's not full but then at the same time when you're standing back and you're maybe up in the stands if it's an open air you know arena like that you can look down and you can see every color every race every you know age religion you know and it's just euphoric because you know just to see that many types of people coming together for one type of thing just the common interest everybody's there to be positive and have a good time and enjoy just it's my favorite thing in the world of festivals because um no matter where in the world it is or where in the states like 20 30 bands everybody's there hanging out and you just thousands and thousands of people there to just see music all day whether they know the artist or not they're just it's just a, it, you know, it's a passion of people. It's, it's, people got like, I remember growing up going to Warp Tour. I would buy the Warp Tour uh, compilation album and I would discover, you know, it was usually two discs. I would discover 30 new bands I didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's just for the love of the love of the art, the music. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, 
I got to give credit to, you know, like Danny Wimmer presents and all the other, you know, you know, festival promoters here in the, in the States. But you know what? The festivals that happen in Europe, like you were just mentioning, you know, they just don't compare to the ones that happen over, you know, across the pond, you know, whether it be download fest or rock am ring or, you know, anything else like that. I mean, those festivals, whoo, you know, hundred thousand people plus at these shows and it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. My favorite festival is uh, in the UK, and it's called Slam Dunk Festival. Um, and it's usually three days. There's one in the Midlands. There's one in Northern England or Scotland, and there's one in, in the South. Um, and it's just everybody from all over the world just there for three days. Um, like, I think the last one, there was like 10,000 people there. We actually... My band that broke up in 2015, Lost for Words, we just played the last year's um, last year's slam dunk because it was the 10 year anniversary of one of our records. So we got back together to just go hang out for three days. It was like the best weekend ever. That's awesome, man. So um, I know you got to get to work. Um, you know, selling your merch and doing your your cool shit. Uh, we're still living the music dream, <coughs> um, <coughs> which. By the way, I commend you on, man. You know, it, it's got to be hard to, you know, go, you know, to to go back to, you know, doing an actual job job. Um, you know, you said you love it and you, you know, enjoy doing it. You could do it forever. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's hard for people to transition. So I give you my hats off to you on that one. Um, it would be very, very difficult for me to go back into the working working life after doing this for so long. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I wanted to ask you before we, we head out here um, is, you know, once this whole pandemic is over and you're able to tour again, how are you going to make sure that it's different this time with you and Caitlin, you know, to prevent that burnout? What did you learn and what can you teach, you know, the thousands of people listening that want to be in that exact same shoes that you have to not, you know, to, to not get that burnout? What, what's what's going to be happening different this time? I think... Um take care of yourself better is what I would tell myself. Um, you know, give your body and mind some rest. Uh, you don't have to take every opportunity that's given to you. You don't have to do a five week tour that doesn't make sense for you just because you need to be on the road. Um, what I, my plan for this is I, I want to, I would love to be on the road like four, five months a year. And then come home and work on on it as a craft and a business and a brand and record, be in studio a lot. I want to do more co-writes with people. Um, I want it to be fun, but also, um, you know, fruitful. I want I want it. I want it to be a source of income, obviously, but I also don't want it to become a miserable job. I don't want it to be like, oh, I got to I got to go for, you know six weeks and then come home for a week and then you're gone for another four. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever do that again, but if I can, you know, if I can spend half a year touring and half a year creating and, and I think I would be, that's, that's the dream right there. But yeah, don't, don't wear yourself out too thin. Don't beat it to death. You don't have to be on the road. It's not, it's not the nineties or early thousands anymore. You don't like so, so many of these bands are just building an online presence and they're not even touring. Like, it's just a different universe. At least, like, back in the day, we had to 
go to every show and flyer for our shows. We had to be on the road all year. We had to be going to malls. Like we did um, a lot. I think what a, a reason that I got to where I did, however, whatever level you think that is for people of me, like moderate to low, whatever. We followed the Warp Tour for two different years before we ever played it. We followed the entire thing with like 11 people in a van and sold T-shirts and CDs out of backpacks, walking around with iPods, hustling. And we, we sold thousands and thousands of shirts and CDs, and I think that's what got us noticed. But you don't need to do that anymore. Like, take care of yourself. Do things that are beneficial and not just to do it. Um, wear a mask. Drink lots of water. Be kind to your fellow humans. We're all here for a brief flicker of a moment in time. Let's try and make life as pleasant and equal and opportunistic for everybody. I could not set it better. My, set it better myself, man. That's that. That's pretty prolific, man. That's pretty it's awesome. Empathy, kindness, love. It's the only thing we got. Let's let's uh. Let's hope that everybody can achieve their goals and have an equal playing field to thrive. That's all I care about. You know, I feel the same, man. You know, rivalries, you know, red versus blue, you know, you know, hypocrisies and all the, you know, the fighting within this, you know, country, bands, you know, corporations, whatever you want to say, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we're all have one central goal and that's to live our lives to the fullest. And Absolutely, you, man. we got to, we got to remember that, you know, we can't continue what we're doing regardless. Um, and we've got to get back to somewhat sense of a normal and just, you know, enjoy each other again. You know what? I, I'm going to be the first one in line to stick me in the ass with that needle and give me the, the serum so I don't get COVID so I can go hug all my friends and loved ones. And, and let's get this, let's get this universe back on track. All we need is, you know, like I said, understanding, empathy, Lend a helping hand to those who need it. You know, this Christmas, if somebody don't give somebody a gift they don't want, maybe give them a ride somewhere, uh, go for a hike, buy them, put some gas in their car, you know, invite them over for dinner. If, you know, health standard wise, like if you're allowed to do that, if we're not locked down, let's, uh, let's lift each other up and uh, let's just help each other. It's hard enough, you know, it's hard enough with people helping let alone doing it yourself or being stuck inside like we are we just need each other right now absolutely um and again i couldn't have said it better myself man um guys november 16th 16th right safe hands highs and lows uh first full length ever from safe hands yes i can't wait to show you uh be well everybody i love you all we're in this together and uh have a good one yeah and um Definitely, um, I'll hit you up on uh, social media, and we'll uh, talk more. Yeah, let's, and I can, and I'll try and link you up with the the Ice Nine guys too. That dude again, if you could pull that off, that would be fantastic. But um, I would love to, you know, chat more um, about uh, possibly setting up a stream for you and um, showing off you guys' music. But in, appreciate it, man. I appreciate this a lot. And not a problem, man. That's what we do in this business: help each other out, right? Absolutely, man. But you take care. Enjoy your rest of your day. Be safe driving to work. And uh, we'll talk soon, man. All right. You too, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Bye.
All right, guys. And that's our Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the love that we share on the show. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Join me live again. Because I'm not live right now, if you didn't notice. Join me tomorrow, 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West for Scream Queen, Sadie Katz. Star of the new movie, Amityville Harvest. Also past movies such as Wrong Turn 6 and so many other great horror movies. So come back tomorrow and enjoy that for a nice Halloween edition. Or a few days early. holiday <laughs> Halloween edition of Suck It Podcast. But until tomorrow, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Peace.